from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Breaking Jets quarterback news is upon us. That's not what you think. It isn't. Sorry, Evan. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. <laughs> Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. The breaking news, Miami is giving former Jets quarterback Mike White a two-year deal worth up to $16 million. The deals are happening fast and furious as it is legal negotiating time. I'm stealing that from Mike Tannenbaum. Not legal tampering, legal negotiating time. Remember, none of these deals will actually become official until Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. There is always the chance that heaven and earth could be moved and maybe something changes. But here's what we know so far. Over the course of the last two hours, Former Eagle Javon Hargrave is now a 49er on a deal that included $40 million in guarantees. Tackle Mike McGlinchey has also, he's left the 49ers uh, along with guard Ben Powers, who has left the Ravens. They are both now Broncos, the Broncos reworking their uh, offensive line. Austin Eckler has asked for a trade from the Chargers because they can't come to terms. Jason Kelsey, center of the Eagles, has decided to run it back because, frankly, he can. And just minutes ago, my Menchies are fired up about this, obviously, given my fandom. My beloved Raiders have agreed to a three-year, $67.5 million deal that includes $34 million guaranteed with one Jimmy Garoppolo. Harry, a lot going on here. But hear me out on Jimmy. Everybody's yelling at me quickly about Jimmy G. Tell me if you see this differently. But to me, I think this makes a lot of sense. Frankly, what I see right now is a team that's putting pretty good money at a quarterback that is basically going to sit there and be a developer. He might win some games. He might not win some games. It does not change the Raiders' strategy in the draft. Uh, They'll draft a quarterback. They'll have the opportunity to play that quarterback when he's ready but not have to rush him to the field. It makes a lot of sense to me. Do you see it the same way? Yeah, it does. I don't know why the Raiders would be out on the quarterback when you have Jimmy Garoppolo, but also you want to start planning for the future as well. And drafting a quarterback to be able to learn um, not everything under Jimmy Garoppolo, but having that veteran presence to teach him how to be a pro and how to do things and also understand this offense that Jimmy Garoppolo has already been in. But we do know at times can be kind of challenging for guys to pick up. It buys them more time to, you know, learn things from top to bottom. So when they are ready to play, they can put that young guy out there and he can be effective. I'm going to use the power of deductive reasoning. Raiders fans, listen to me close here. NFL fans, listen to me close. Draft fans, listen to me closely here. I believe this morning, Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider on Get Up, really gave the entire world a clue on what the Raiders wanted to do with the draft. And when you combine it with this Jimmy G signing, it is clear. This is what he said about why the Panthers got the number one pick and the Raiders did not. DJ Moore was a critical, my understanding, a critical piece of this trade to the point where there were other teams in on this that had better picks. The, the Las Vegas Raiders, I'm told, were in serious discussions with the Bears about this, about this number one pick, had a similar offer on the table, but didn't really have a DJ Moore type to put into the deal. Uh, and therefore, the Bears moved back and get the nine pick instead of what would have been the seven. So not that they wanted to move, Dan. That's my point, right? Like that, that they didn't, that not somebody they wanted to put into the deal. So that's why they don't have him. They don't have the pick and the Panthers do. So let me dice this apart. Okay, Harry, follow me here. Because Mm -hmm. he said they were willing to put a similar deal together 
They just didn't want to put the player in to the level of DJ Moore, right? So we're talking three first-rounders, a second-rounder, all going uh, in exchange. They were willing to put a similar deal together. That's what that says to me. That means you love a quarterback, right? If you love a quarterback enough to want to move up to number one and you got outbid, and then you just turned around and you signed Jimmy G, that tells me one of the quarterbacks you loved is a development quarterback. I mean, right away to me, it says very simply, you are looking for a a, the Raiders, in my mind, are out on C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young because there was no way that you would also have part of your plan being Jimmy G if you have those two guys. Those two guys are day one starters. So you can eliminate those two. In my mind, the Raiders are now fully in on either Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, or a Hendon Hooker type in this year's draft. Right, and they, they would have to move up to acquire one of those guys and right now they sit at seven. You have the Lions at six. You have the Seahawks at five and the Colts at four. And then the Arizona Cardinals at three. We know probably the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans, they're going to take quarterbacks with one and two. Who, is the, who are the Colts going to take? Are the Colts going to sit there at four? Are they going to move up to three? So you have no one jumping them. Also, the Seahawks. Are the Seahawks – how long is um, – um, Gino did a three-year deal. deal. Gino, three Gino year did deal. a three-year deal, yeah. Now is it base is it is it is it basically a two year deal with a third year on it? Yeah, 100%. Do, do the team have okay? So you can't really put them out of the question for a quarterback either. The Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I, think, I, I don't think so. A hundred percent. I think the Raiders. If the Raiders really love one of these young guys, if anybody, I don't care what your favorite team is. On draft day, draft day is going to get wild because as I keep using this ice cream analogy, but I will use it again. If everybody on this show, there are four of us, right? Uh, There's Evan, there's Javante, there's Harry, there's myself. If all four of us are standing in line and we're waiting for ice cream and there's only one scoop left of each flavor, each of us might have a totally different favorite flavor. Right, so vanilla. You, so Harry wants vanilla, but I'm sitting here, and man, I want something that has like peanut butter and like chocolates, or like I want like the tonight dough or something like that. Like I want some fancy flavor, right? Evan is just weird enough to probably want like I don't know. Evan want like pistachio was. He Evan's probably want mint. He probably uh, want oh, mint, mint, ice mint cream. chocolate chip. Is that what, what's our ice cream flavor? Evan? Colors. I'm a cookies and cream guy. Actually. Okay, cookies and cream. Javante, what are we going? What's your ice cream here? Uh, I'll probably say Superman. Okay, I don't even oh, know what's, what's Superman ice Superman cream. Superman. Oh, <laughs> what's in Superman ice cream? I'm I'm completely distracted here. <laughs> it's like a mix, it's like. A <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like a mix of different ice creams put together. Okay, he can't even. <laughs> okay, talk. so oh, I got you. It's like when you go to the uh, like the fountain soda and you do each different flavor. Right. Okay. So, Superman. That, oh. All right. So we got we're we're standing in line and there's one scoop left of each. All right, and we're standing in line and there's a little old lady right at the front of the line and Evan walks up and he's like, "Ma'am, I would like to trade you my car, my wife, and my house to get this first." spot in line because I want the ice cream. Now all of us are going to be puckered up in that moment, right? But then Evan goes up and he picks cookies and cream, which wasn't even on our list. So now we're sitting there we're like, okay, I feel pretty good about this. Well, Javante then goes and he he's up next. He picks the Superman and I'm like, that was never even on my list, right? Now all of a sudden, some from, somebody from the back of the line, man, they're really really passionate about the Tonito that I want. They're coming up and they're offering me a King's 
ransom, right? That's what's going to happen in the draft. The Cardinals picking third overall. Uh, if we presume quarterbacks are going to go to the Panthers at one and the Texans at two, uh, you've got to be sitting here looking at it and saying, the Texans, by the way, just signed Case Keenum. Shocking news. Case Keenum still in the NFL. Uh, the Texans have signed Case Keenum to a two-year deal. So the Texans doing the same thing, just trying to find a bridge quarterback, right? So whatever quarterback, if you are in love with Will Levis or Anthony Richardson and they're sitting there at three, you are going to pay a King's ransom to try and get up there and get that guy. I still think these teams are going to have to be aggressive, Harry. Well, here's the thing with the Arizona Cardinals, too. They have an opportunity where they can, just to say hypothetically, you know, the Colts want to trade with them and the Colts move the three, they move the four. There's an opportunity that someone else may want to trade up to that number four spot to, spot to assure they get a quarterback, too. So the Arizona Cardinals can potentially trade twice in this draft and, and, and acquire draft picks in doing so because they look at themselves as not needing a quarterback. Yeah, well, and the Texans now, uh, I'm, uh, you have to wonder how it changes their approach because if the Texans were all in on a developmental guy, I'm not sure. Can you rely on Case Keenum to turn things around? Do you need a quarterback that can play sooner? I mean, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are widely considered to be better day one options. So what we know is that the Panthers moved up to one. What we know they still have Davis Mills, though. Yeah, they do still have him. They still have him. Yeah. Okay. So like we said, I'm I'm out on Davis Mills. Like I I love the neck of Davis Mills. I don't love the quarterback of Davis Mills. Like you know that this just not. I love Big Bird. Um, I'm all in on Big Bird. I just only want Big Bird on Sesame Street. No offense. Davis Mills. I feel like I said no offense. And the Southern thing is that means you absolutely can't take offense to it. I don't know how that works. But this well, one, go ahead. Can I, can I say this really quick? Are we forgetting that the Houston Texans should have the number one draft pick, but they decided that they want to throw a last second touchdown and win a football game that gave the Chicago Bears at the time the first draft pick? Can I mean, we forget about that? How different all of this would look. The Bears get a King's ransom. And I mean, they get a ton of draft picks. This is a much different. That one win was a a difference maker for the franchise for right now and for moving forward. Got another transaction for you, by the way. Former Chiefs tackle Andrew Wiley plans to sign a three-year, twenty-four million dollar deal with the Washington Commanders. So he'll go back to Eric Bieniemy. Started fifty-nine games in five years for Kansas City. Had a great game in the Super Bowl. Now he gets paid for it. Three years, 24 million bucks. He sticks with an offensive coordinator he knows. So some familiarity there and a, and a big move, I think, by the Washington Commanders, Harry. It seems to make a lot of sense. Whenever an, whenever a lineman can stay with the yeah. coordinator, it makes sense. Yeah, of course it does. And plus, you know, Eric Bieniemy understands that this guy understands the system and he's going to do things to be able to be an extra voice to echo whatever I'm trying to get the offense to understand. The one thing I know is that the panic meter for Jets fans, for the Jets organization, is now absolutely through the roof. There have been a ton, a ton of transactions already that have limited their options moving forward. We'll update you on every one of them and answer the most important question of all. What does it mean for Aaron Rodgers. We'll do it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Celebrating Women's History Month on ESPN Radio. Serena Williams' 23 Grand Slam titles, second most all-time in women's tennis, have cemented her legacy as one of the most legendary champions in all of professional sports. Behind a dominant serve and fierce competitive spirit, Williams, a seven-time Wimbledon champ, won 73 singles titles and four Olympic gold medals during her illustrious 27-year career. Her win in the 2017 Australian Open final against her sister Venus came while she was eight weeks pregnant, proving to everyone that having a child does not mean the end of your career. 
Williams' impact goes well beyond her trophies and her accolades. It also lies in her ability to inspire future generations of women to pursue and achieve their athletic dreams. Celebrating Women's History Month on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Nobody does. Nobody has any idea. I'm not even sure Aaron Rodgers knows. We have no way of knowing because, frankly, it's all speculation still. But what we do know is that the options are dwindling for the Jets. And this is why, you know, I had somebody, it's Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel Lady Harry, I had somebody uh, come at me because I said uh, a couple of weeks ago that the Jets should sign, sign Derek Carr and not wait on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, like it's some idiotic quarterback take. Let me be clear. I never thought Derek Carr was better than Aaron Rodgers. This is why I said that. Like, I'm not risk versus reward, right? Like, you mm-hmm. got to look at it at some point and say, okay, I would love to have Aaron Rodgers, but not enough to risk not having anybody. And that's what that's a, a very real, like, there's one way that this works out where Jets fans don't care. Everybody can celebrate and you all can throw egg in my face. That's fine. That's Aaron Rodgers deciding he wants to be a Jet. Every other way, the Jets are screwed, and there's just no easy way. As the day goes on, it only gets worse and worse. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, now we know, is going to sign with the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr, we know, has already signed with the Saints. Like Their backup options all over the place are just they're gone, right? And that has to yep. matter in the equation. And you look at the fact that they might not get Aaron Rodgers, right? What's the next thing on the table for me? I think they have to take their uh, shoot their look at Lamar Jackson. If not... Then you, you look at Jacoby Brissett, you look about a, like a guy in Ryan Tannehill, uh, Matthew Stafford, or, you know, Zach Wilson, because he performed at a high level last year for the Jets. <laughs> you look at him as being your starting quarterback in 2023, Evan. Wouldn't you love, like that, huh? I don't need that shade. Oh, I didn't <laughs> oh, think he was going to say shade. I thought he was going to say something. <laughs> I didn't think he was going to say shade. And I was like, Me either. history here. The producer's <laughs> going to get dumped for the first time ever on ESPN. Oh, my God. This is oh, what man. this is what Aaron Rodgers can do to people. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, exactly. by the way, was on I Am Athlete with Brandon Marshall. Uh, Brandon tried. I, pre- I appreciate the heck out of Brandon trying to get an answer on what's next. And uh, this is what Aaron Rodgers said to Brandon about the latest in the Jets. How was it meeting Woody Johnson? How was that meeting? Oh, that was, that was you know, it's, it's always interesting meeting important figures in the sport. Um, yeah, it's always interesting. That's all I'm giving. I'm just there now. That's all I'm giving. A-Rod. Try back. What we doing, A-Rod? Stay tuned. Stay tuned? How long we got to wait? Well, I think it won't be long. There's a, there's a, there's a, time, there's a time limit. I mean, he says there won't be long, and it's a okay. time limit. But also, he said two months ago he wasn't going to string this thing into March, and here we are sitting in March. I mean, isn't that not is that Evan puts his hand up immediately? Yes, that's what I, he likes. Though. No, I he realized. I realized listening to that clip that Aaron Rodgers is it won't be long, and my it won't be long are two totally different things. Like clearly, he and I are on the same on, on a different level when it comes to our urgency in the matter. We all have a friend. That you know darn well when they text you and they're like, I'm on my way. That means that oh. they just woke up and they're getting in the shower and they're going to take a shower. They're going to, they're like going to get ready and they're going to be in the car in half an hour. Like, I, I married that woman. Oh my God. No. Like, <laughs> I, 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 that is my wife. I am that person. Like, and this is a, this is to a fault. If Harry tells me, oh man, I'm having a party, people will come over at 7 30. 
I call the like I look at the Uber like starting at six, and the Uber's like I can have you there by six fifteen. So I'm checking and checking and checking. I probably have the Uber drop me a block over at like seven fifteen because I don't want to be that obviously early. And then I walk in <laughs> at seven thirty, and and I'm then I'm the only guy in there, and Evan's still getting ready. Evan, then Harry's still getting ready for the party. Like Aaron Rodgers is the opposite. He's like, you know what? Come over at seven thirty, which really means we're gonna get raging at one a.m. Like it's L.A. time. I can't do that sort of thing. Like you, <laughs> when you say soon and then like eight minutes later I'm texting him like so like if, if the bosses came to us and said you know what we're gonna launch Fitz and Harry to the world is a TV show every single afternoon we're gonna do it soon like three minutes four minutes later I'm calling I'm like do we have a launch date like like next uh, is it next week is yeah. it uh, within a month like or? soon doesn't mean 18 months from now like are, Aaron, are we talking 2024 I mean, <laughs> what, 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 what is soon Aaron that that's obviously soon is different right and we all know that and that's why Lewis Riddick I mean I watched it live as Lewis Riddick absolutely triggered Greeny Greeny got up and walked off after Lewis Riddick said this about just his gut feeling with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. If you want to go there right now, and you know this team is dying to get you, dying to get you, and you are slow playing this like this, there's something else you've got working. There's something else you're sitting there going, well, you know what, unless I can't get something else to get, you know, to break my way, then I'll come with you. Because otherwise you'd go. I mean, look at everything that's sitting there in front of him, in front of him as far as the opportunity here with this football team, this roster, how impressionable it could be. I mean, th- this, is, this is strange to me. And afterwards, there was speculation that part of that waiting period might be, well, he's checking out Vegas, seeing what's going on there. We know the answer now. Jimmy G is going to sign a contract to be the quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders. So uh, that that's signed, sealed. Well, not signed, sealed. won't be till Wednesday. That's, at this point, agreed upon, right? So if you're Aaron Rodgers, what else would you be slow playing other than retirement? You're not going back to the Packers. So this is really just a matter of do you want to play and if you do, do you want to play for the Jets? That's it. Like, there's nothing else to slow play. God, I feel so sorry for everyone involved with the Jets because you guys and you ladies, you deserve you deserve a winner. You deserve someone to help you get to a spot that you haven't been in forever. And I mean forever. <laughs> no more than any other fan. Ever. Jets fans don't deserve it more than Raiders fans. Come on now. I mean, Jets fans went to back-to-back. When did you all go to AFC Championship well, Games? Well, you just slow down for a second here. I mean, when, when, the Lions Raiders made the playoffs fans, two years ago. Lions the, fans The Raiders made the playoffs more. two years ago. Browns the Jets haven't made the playoffs in forever. It. I mean, but the, but the Jets went to back-to-back AFC Championship Games and when? Like 13 years ago. Okay, that's only 13 years. Come on, miss me with that. The only thing the Jets deserve is everything they're getting right now. Like, this is what they deserve. The Jags have never even been to a Super Bowl. Jags fans deserve something nice, don't they? Something shiny? Like, there's about a third of the league. You're talking about an expansion team early on that were were able able to compete at AFC championship games and stuff, though. Oh, by the way, a former Jags offensive tackle, Jawan Taylor, reached an agreement on a deal again. We never ask offensive linemen to take less money, just quarterbacks. $80 million deal with the Kansas City Chiefs, including $60 million guaranteed. Uh, that deal negotiated and confirmed by Drew Rosenhaus and Robert Bailey, tweeted out by Adam Schefter 10 minutes ago. So uh, Orlando Brown, we know, is gone. They weren't going to meet his uh, contract demands. Instead, they go out and they replace him with Jawan Taylor. So I'll go to the athletic free agency rankings uh, at tackle. They had Orlando number one. They had Jawan Taylor number two. So uh, the, the Chiefs basically looked at, to use a baseball stat, you guys would be proud of me, wins above replacement. They looked at war and they were like, ah, 
I don't think there's that much win above replacement for that much extra cash. So you get a four-year, $80 million deal, including $60 million fully guaranteed for Juwan Taylor. And that's just another sign that Orlando Brown's going to go out there and get paid by somebody. Yeah, but see, for the Kansas City Chiefs, they understand you got to protect your franchise quarterback. And that's why this move is very key for them to continue their offensive line being a staple and being one of the top five ones in the National Football League that get, that gives them that boost to run the football when they need to, which in which we've seen at times, but also provides that protection for Patrick Mahomes so he can deliver the football to the guys that he wants to get the ball to. There is another signing out here. Cowboys guard Connor McGovern has signed a three-year, $23 million deal uh, to join the Bills. And all of this has me thinking. Oh, that's solid for the Bills, though. See, okay, I want to get your thoughts on this, obviously, and and importantly, I want to get your thoughts on where money's being spent because there's a trend. We are only one day, one, we're, we're less than three hours into the legal negotiating period, and there is a massive trend in where teams are spending money, and it makes sense. When you hear it, you're going to change everything about the way you think your team should go about this. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hanging out with Louisville Hall of Famer Harry Douglas. Say it one more time again. Louisville Hall of Famer oh, Harry my, Douglas. My bad, Evan. I'm just putting some respect. I'm not doing this right, Harry. I'm just putting some respect on your name. Oh, you got to use a K. Respect. That's what, I, that's what I did. Respect. The respect. With some I, respect. <laughs> I don't know why it doesn't work right for me, but, uh, you know, I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> Money is flying everywhere as expected because we are two and a half hours in to legal tampering, legal negotiating, as Mike Tannenbaum has returned it. And it has given us two and a half hours of chaos. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Let me say loudly, I love doing this show every day with Harry Douglas. I love doing this show every day because we get to hang out with you guys. And days like today... It just can't get any better than this. Like we have, we came into today. We we did a peek behind the like over the fourth wall here. We did a, a production meeting. We had a whole show ready to go, and then all of a sudden the chaos known as uh, legal negotiating period uh, started. And all of a sudden, since then, it hasn't stopped. And through all of it, we've been able to share it with you on Twitter and share it with you on radio, which means the world to both Harry and I. Harry, there is one massive trend we are seeing early on, and it is huge money going out to offensive linemen. Jawan Taylor, $60 million guaranteed with the Chiefs on an $80 million deal. Andrew Wiley, the right tackle, gets a three-year $24 million dollar deal with the Washington Commanders. According to some reports, Matt McGlinchey has signed a $15 million per year deal uh, to go over to the Broncos. When you look at the money, it's a reminder of something we forget. We forget that last year, offensive line play was bad all over the place. And now you got teams looking at it and saying, well, uh, if I got to overspend to get me something better than nothing, I'm taking it. And I think rightfully so, though, Fitz, because when, from an offensive perspective, whether you're a running team or a passing team, you want your offensive line to be intact. And that's going to be the driving force outside of the starting quarterback, you know, because you need a franchise quarterback. You need a guy that's going to be able to compete at a high level, especially when you have a Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and all these guys out there. 
you want your offensive line to be sheared up as well because I, I'm a firm believer of everything starts in the trenches. You can like the shiny toys. You can like the Ferrari. You can like the Lamborghini. You can like the Bentley. That's the skill position players. You can like all those type of things. But when you don't have your offensive line intact – then that's going to be a problem. And I'll take it back to the days when I played because it was Tony Gonzalez, it was Roddy White, it was Julio Jones, Michael Turner, myself. But we had solid offensive line play. And we had it from not just a first-rounder or two that we may have gotten in the draft, but also undrafted free agent guys that bought into the level of, you know what, we want to be solid as a unit. One band, one sound. We're going to do everything in unison. It, well, and this is all the more reason that, frankly, uh, when you start looking at, across the board at the way teams are building, it's why you've got to leave yourself some flexibility. You've got to leave yourself some flexibility either in the draft or in free agency to address what I call boring positions. And it's boring because it's harder to break down. Like most of us watching on any given uh, Sunday aren't going to – it's why it was interesting when we talked to Kelvin Beecham the other day. One of the things I asked him is, what are we supposed to be looking for? Because most of us don't even know. So you'll sit here and we'll look at a pro football focus grade as some great testament to how good alignment is. But as you pointed out, playing the game even, like that that can be misleading because it's never just about any one offensive line. It's about yes. how everybody's working together and how certain offensive lines are capable of covering their weaknesses. Like It's really hard to know what you're seeing up there for all of us. It is, and it's about the cohesion. And I don't want people to get spoiled by the Philadelphia Eagles because their offensive line is solid top to bottom. Everyone on their offensive line did a hell of a job and has been doing a heck of a job for their team. That's not how every offensive line in the National Football League is built. You, normally, you may have two guys who, who are solid and the other three you got to figure out and they got to make it work. But I think the cohesion and being together all the time and understanding the common goal allows it to work in that manner. Now, when you see offensive linemen – uh, offensive line's not doing well, it's probably because they don't have the cohesion, they're not on the same page, and they're hearing a lot of different voices. A coach over here saying one thing, a coach on this side saying another thing, and it's a complete confusion. But that's not what you have when you have solid offensive line playing. We all know when you have a solid offensive line, you have a chance, your offense does, to be good not just running the football but also passing the football. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Now, not a lot of surprise uh, so far in the fact that we've had some big names go, but there is some surprise to me that not all of the big names have gone. Javon Hargrave is somebody that came to a deal relatively quickly. Uh, stunning move for some as the, the 49ers make a strength and even bigger strength, adding him $40 million fully guaranteed as part of that. But Harry, when I look at the list right now, again, I'll pull to the athletic. They have the top free agents in all the land. They have Lamar Jackson, number one. As we've stressed several times, no other show is telling you this. You need to know it. Not a single person Anywhere in the NFL, outside of the Ravens organization, can even reach out to Lamar in any capacity until Wednesday at 4 p.m. Wednesday at 4 p.m. is the first time anybody can even talk to him. So I'm taking Lamar off the list because he is restricted. Javon Hargrave is signed. But then you go after that. Jesse Bates, the Bengals' safety that has been absolutely spectacular. Mm -hmm. Been on himself twice. He's out on the open market. No reports yet. Orlando Brown, the offensive tackle of the Chiefs. Obviously, they signed Jawan Taylor to replace him. Orlando Brown out there. No reports yet. Bobby Wagner, uh, the linebacker from the Rams. A little older, I know. But Bobby out there. uh, No reports yet. So there are still big names out there that even almost three hours into legal negotiating period, we still haven't had updates on it. It speaks to sort of this process that teams are going through that it's running a little slower this year than it has in some. 
Yeah, and it takes time. It takes time. And plus, these free agents, these guys need to wear their options as well. Right? You just don't want to take the first deal on the table unless you 100% went into free agency and said, you know what, I want to be with this team no matter what. You want to weigh your options and see, you know, money-wise what this team could offer you, but also the level of success that they were able to have in the past or last year. Or do you feel like this organization is on the rise, right? If they didn't make it to the playoffs and, and had an opportunity to, to compete for a Super Bowl, are they heading in that direction? All these things for these free agents might want to look at. But if you're a guy that just care about the money and you don't care about winning, then take whatever deal you want to take, then so be it. That, that, that's on your shoulders. So I mentioned offensive line play earlier. A great stat from our buddy Mike Golick Jr. out there, and it's the 2015 Notre Dame offensive line second contracts. Nobody ever cares about Notre Dame offensive linemen, but this is interesting. It is interesting because Ronnie Stanley, five years, $64 million guaranteed. Quentin Nelson, four years, $60 million guaranteed. Mike McGlinchey, five years, $50 million guaranteed. Nick Martin, three years, $18 million guaranteed. You look at some organizations. We look at the places that just churn out great wide receivers. You look at the places that churn out great quarterbacks. Man, there are a bunch of guys that played on that Notre Dame offensive line that are out there getting paid. And I would say right now, college football-wise, Notre Dame is a, is a team that produce offensive alignment, but also Iowa. Iowa has mm. been a staple in doing so as well. Yeah, this is all stuff you need to remember when you get to draft times because certain guys uh, just out of the, the, the certain big boys just develop better. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces? <laughs> Who isn't? Come join their growing team. Go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. One huge move today impacted the rest of the offseason, including the NFL draft. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You're watching the ESPN Tournament Challenge Marathon. Download the Tournament Challenge app and fill out your women's brackets now. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. One, two, I think this makes a lot of sense. Frankly, what I see right now is a team that's putting pretty good money at a quarterback that is basically going to sit there and be a developer. He might win some games. He might not win some games. It does not change the Raiders' strategy in the draft. Uh, they'll draft a quarterback, and they'll have the opportunity to play that quarterback when he's ready but not have to rush him to the field. It makes a lot of sense to me. Three hours later. Jimmy Garoppolo is a Las Vegas Raider. The question is, what's it mean for everybody else now? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry, I'm more in love with the move every minute. I know most Raiders fans, judging by my Twitter mentions, uh, do not share this sentiment, but... Man, you know the other thing I like about it? The Raiders get Jimmy G on a reasonable contract for the next three years, right? Mm-hmm. So we haven't seen the terms of that deal. We don't know if it's really a two-year two, two year plus one. We don't know yet. Uh, but one thing we do know is that the Raiders sit at seven. Uh, we also know, according to uh, Dan Graziano this morning on Get Up, the Raiders were heavily involved in talks to move up to number one. So my logic is, on draft day, they still may find themselves heavily involved in talks to move up to number three, for example, if the quarterback they're in love with falls that far and they want the opportunity to develop somebody under Jimmy G. But the other thing 
I actually like about having Jimmy Garoppolo for the Raiders, particularly is you know you're not contending for a Super Bowl this year. You're in rebuild mode, right? So mm-hmm. why not put yourself in a situation where, considering head coach Josh McDaniels has said several times you can't reach for a quarterback just because you need one, well, if you aren't able to move up in a way that makes sense for the organization and you don't love the quarterback at seven, you just you take the best player available that helps a roster that needs a ton of ammunition, and instead you worry about quarterback next year in next year's draft if you have that opportunity. So it feels like the Jimmy G move makes more and more sense, not just because he knows the system, but because of the flexibility it gives the organization. Yes, and if you're if you're banking on taking a quarterback next year and you don't get one this year, a uh, young one that is in the draft, then you also have to make sure that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't put you in a situation to where you're going to be picking at like 10 or 11 or 12 in next year's draft. You want to make sure that you're in the top three. Um, therefore, if you need to move up and someone's ahead of you that doesn't have a quarterback if you're at three, then you can do that as well, like you tried to do this season. Um, but also, if you have the first or a second sec- second pick in next year's draft, you have Drake Mann, you have Kayla Williams. You just got to make sure – if, if that's the route you're going to go as an organization, you're not winning too many games that put you in a bad spot to where you can't get to, you know, that level to, to pick a guy, number one or number two. Yeah, winning too many games is never going to be a real concern of mine as a Raiders fan. Uh, the other side of it is, if you're a Jets fan, you're sitting around saying, okay, well, Derek Carr was supposed to be our plan B. That went away. No worries. We got plan C. Plan C is going to be Jimmy G. Jimmy G's now gone. Oh. Uh, wh- wh- what is plan D? Uh, because right now it's it's very simple. If Aaron Rodgers decides he wants to play and play for the Jets, everything's fine and none of this matters. If anything other that other than that is the decision, they're done. Yes, and I'm hoping their plan D doesn't stand for drown because we know the Jets fans, they don't want to be in that situation right now. Uh, you have Lamar Jackson, as I, as, as I mentioned. Will the pride of Woody Johnson be pushed aside if it gets to that point? And he's able to offer Lamar Jackson uh, an amount of money that Lamar Jackson is comfortable with. Or do they go the route and try to trade for a guy like Ryan Tannehill, who's with the Tennessee Titans, or also try to go get a guy in Matthew Stafford, who's with the Rams currently at the moment? Or do you go with Jacoby Brissett, right, who I thought did, did a decent enough job for the, for the Cleveland Browns, and they actually played a little better when he was a quarterback uh, after Deshaun took, took over. But are those the routes that you go now if you're, if you're the Jets organization if you're not able to acquire Aaron Rodgers. Well, and all of this got even more complicated when Mike White, the former backup, agreed to terms with the Dolphins on a two-year deal that could pay him up to $16 million. So the Dolphins actually kind of do a smart thing here. The Dolphins get themselves a backup that can help them because you, you never know. Uh, we are all hoping and praying that everything is great with Tua. But there is some element of, if not, then you've taken away the backup option that really the Jets need desperately. So you've done the age-old, I've made my division rival worse, and I've made myself a little better just in case. I don't think that's the worst idea by the Dolphins. Worth an extra couple million if I have to, just to pluck him away from the Jets, just so that they're a little more puckered up. Well, also, you want to have that that backup security behind Tua Tagovailoa because you was in a situation this year in which he, he had those concussions and he couldn't play, and you've seen the play drop off. Right, so now you have a, a guy, a Mike White, who when he was with the Jets out there this season, he showed that he can be a guy that can make plays here and there, or more so, more often than people may have thought he he would be able to make. So I think that's a solid backup signing for 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 the for the Dolphins. Well, and I am still a little surprised, and and frankly, you know, right now we're in a bit of a lull on the beginning of the opening day 
of whatever we call it, legal negotiating, legal tampering, however you want to term it. Things have come to a little bit of silence, which means at this point, there's a little more thought and time going into some of these deals. And let's be real, Harry, and for anyone that doesn't know, you've gone through this process. Sometimes it's as simple as they call your agent and say, here's the offer, and you're like, yep, I'm in. When we talked to uh, when we uh, talked to a player a couple of days ago, that was the conversation. Like, hey, money talks, right? Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's real. But now you're probably at the spot where you're talking to players like Jesse Bates, who's uh, so highly regarded. He may want more information. He may want to meet with the team. It could take more than just a couple of hours to make some of these things happen. So now that the first wave is over, I think there's a little lull here as we get into the second wave. Well, yeah, and, and every free agent is going to approach things differently, right? You you never know what the situ- situation may be. Um, but if you have a guy who wants to say just yes right now to an organization, that can be that can be one of his decisions. But like you mentioned, there are going to be guys that want to talk to, you know, the owner want to talk to other people, the GM, and a lot of people involved, the coaching staff versus just saying, you know, I'm signing here. Well, also, it should be noted, I'm still looking at the Bears. The Bears have more money than anybody in free agency, right? And it, earlier in the day, it looked like the Bears were going to get Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey ends up signing with the Broncos. The Bears obviously want to be aggressive when it comes to offensive line, but the fact is McGlinchey's off the board, and now they're they're having to look at other options. Uh, that can create a bit of a mad scramble, too. You had a bunch of marbles in one basket. You thought you knew where you are going to be. It's a reminder that having the most money to spend doesn't mean anybody and everybody is going to take your money willingly. No, you got to have plans. You got to have plans in place. And and that's how it works. And when you're in a general manager room and you got the board up there, you have, hey, this is our plan A, B, C, or D. If one guy's crossed off, just like the draft. Now you got to go to the next ava- uh, best available. And for them, the Raiders, at, I mean, excuse me, the Bears, offensive linemen is very, very key for them. They have to acquire some offensive linemen to get protection for Justin Fields. Yeah, it's it's a priority we gave them credit for when we thought they had McGlinchey, so now you have to look at it and see what they're going to figure out. Tune in to NBA action tonight. The Mavs host Grizzlies. That's a good one. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. I can promise you throughout the course of the rest of the afternoon, ESPN radio will have you covered for every single breaking transaction as it happens. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Uh, Fitz and Harry, stick around. Kenny and Carlin coming next. They'll get you caught up on all the latest news as well. Have an enjoyable day. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN radio, and you can watch on the ESPN app.